You're listening to the Earn That Body Podcast, episode number 258. Welcome to the Earn That Body Show with Kim Eagle. Kim is an award-winning personal trainer. She trains her clients all over the world online and is passionate about empowering people by getting fit and healthy. Always great to have you back. This is Kim Eagle, and we are finishing up the month of January 2022. I hope you're having a fantastic first month of the year. We're going to finish off the month with just one sort of, I'm going to call it the icing on the cake for setting up that fantastic 2022 goal list and nutrition back on track. And last week we talked about getting our workouts done and and how to hold yourself accountable and make those happen with a great workout plan. And today I want to just finish off our 2022 how to make it the very best uh, with a topic called finding happiness. And you might be thinking, well, is that really health and fitness and nutrition? Well, yeah, finding your happiness really is helping you with your overall health. And we're going to talk about some ways that you can find happiness because I don't know about you, but it's not always just there for me. And it's something that sometimes we might take for granted. And at other times, I don't think we realize that sometimes we have to put some effort in to finding that happiness. And let's face it, a life without happiness is really not a healthy life and not living your best life by any means. So we're going to wrap up the month with this fantastic topic. And I think you're really going to like it, even if right now you're sort of on the fence and you're like, I don't know, should I listen to this episode? I think you might be surprised at some of the things that we're going to talk about that may just tip you off and make you think, well, she's right. I don't do that. Or I actually do that too often. So maybe that is impacting my overall day, my overall happiness, right? Now, end of the month, what do we have going on with Earn That Body? Well, for one, the newsletter comes out and I want to make sure you're on the newsletter list because it is a monthly email. I do not email you weekly. I don't have time for that. You don't have time for that. But once a month, I do send out a fantastic email with nutrition tips, a recipe every month, sometimes workout tips, um, health information, all kinds of inspiration, and then special discounts that only go to the newsletter group. So if you would like to get on the Earn That Body newsletter, please go to earnthatbody.com forward slash newsletter so that you don't miss out. This is free information. And like I said, I promise I will not spam your box. It's a once a month newsletter. So a great way to get a little more education for fitness, health, nutrition, and inspiration. And then why not get a few discounts here and there as well, right? So definitely sign up for the newsletter. And if you're already signed up, but you never get it, guess what team, it's going to your junk mail. So a great way to make sure things don't go to your junk mail is when you find it in your junk mail, first of all, take it out of junk mail, but click on some of the links within the newsletter, always open it, don't just scan it from your phone because once your email provider thinks that you don't ever read it, they'll automatically start putting it in your junk mail folder. So just a little little update on that because I do have a lot of clients who say, I never get it, it's not coming through. So that would be a great way to fix that problem. Now, we're going to talk about happiness. We all want it. We don't always have it. And so we're going to get to that after this. 
And now, it's time for the Eagle's Eye on Health. These are Kim's quick tips, latest health news, or piece of weekly inspiration. In today's Eagle Eye on Health, coming to you from Idea Fitness Magazine, a little article here caught my eye, something that I talk about quite often, but I always like to bring it to your attention when they are doing a study on something like this. Now, the title of the article is called Out of Orders. More meals prepared away from home may lead to shorter lifespans. They say that it can feel like a treat to step away from the stove and order in. Let's face it, we all love that, right? I mean, I I don't know that many people are like, yes, I get to cook again. (laughs) Some people I know, but not all of us, right? We're tired of cooking. We want to order in. But guess what? Scientists have a new warning about getting too comfy with the convenience of ordering in. In a study published in the Journal of the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, researchers looked at a large pool of Americans involved in the National Health and Nutrition Examination Survey. And they found that those who very frequently ate meals prepared outside their home twice or more daily increased their risk of early mortality by 49%. That's huge. When compared with those who ordered out once a week or less. The team defined meals prepared outside the home as those put together at restaurants, supermarkets, food vendors, and so on. The why likely comes back to what people are eating rather than where the food is actually being prepared. Meals prepared outside the home are typically what? You guys, you know the answer. They're typically higher in calories, higher in saturated fat, We know they're super high in sodium and of course high in sugar. And that recipe places people at higher risk for ailments like heart disease and even type two diabetes. Now, self-reported studies like these can show only association, and it's important that you note that. They can't conclusively say that frequent eating out causes early death. However, this research does present a strong argument for encouraging people to prepare more of their meals at home and for asking food providers to offer more healthy options. That way, a once in a while date night or pizza party should not derail healthy eating goals, or for that matter, your mortality, right? So I like to bring that up because it is a reminder. And when clients start working with me, one of the first things that we talk about is, look, you got to eat out less. Like you're probably not going to lose weight if you're eating dinner out every single night because the reality is we just cannot control what you're eating. And more than not, When you eat out, you're going to be eating food that is slightly more unhealthy than what you would likely prepare at home. Now, a lot of people right now are getting these prepared meals at markets. And I'm gonna tell you, that's just like going to a restaurant. I've seen the labels on these food, the calories are high, the fat is high, and the sodium is off the charts. So just because it's a prepared meal from the market, It's kind of like eating out at a restaurant in many ways. You'd still be better off making that meal on your own. I honestly think this, if you want to lose weight and you don't have the money to pay a coach or to go on a plan or to do a program, or you don't even have the mental capacity to just handle that right now because your life is so busy, if you just stop eating out, 
I think you'd lose so much weight. Like you wouldn't even believe. Like without even having to prepare certain meals at home, I honestly believe if you just didn't eat out, and that includes Starbucks, my friends, <laughs> that you would lose more weight than you could imagine. Now, let's get back at it. We're finishing off the month talking about how to have your best 2022, how to set your goals, how to get your nutrition on track, how to have that perfect workout plan, and let's finish it off with how to be happy. Because as I said before, happiness, we need it, we want it, and we don't always have it. And it's okay to not always have it. I'm not telling you you should be happy 24-7. I mean, it's gonna come and go. But I think that some people struggle with it more than others. Some people don't appreciate it as much as others. And some people don't realize, including myself, once I did this research, how much we really need to actually take control of our life to be happier. And we need to do certain things or not do certain things to make sure that we're setting ourselves up for that happiness success, all right? So a lot of the information coming to you today actually comes from Harvard Health Publishing and also from Psychology Today, and then a few extra tips that I have as well. And the Harvard Health Magazine, they had a few good good tips and interesting things. The first thing they talk about is that in this past year, so many people with COVID and the pandemic, guys, really the last two years, right? There's so much of um, low emotions, feeling emotionally deflated. It's normal, and I don't want you to think that you're alone at all, right? Uh, I feel like cheer has definitely been in short supply during this pandemic, and you might really need a mood booster. You might really need these tips to get you happy again. And while this slice of time may have been unusually stressful, people often struggle to find happiness, even in the normal times. And this is why the field of positive psychology first emerged in the 1990s, and it sought to answer the questions, why is it sometimes hard to be happy? And is there a way to help people improve their mood and life outlook? And as it turns out, the answer to that second question is yes. You can do a lot to improve the quality of your daily life so that you feel more fulfilled and that can lead to happiness. Um, so a few things that they talk about in Harvard Health in regard to how can you be happy. The first thing they talk about, and we talk about it a lot, is you need to get out and you need to be active, right? So that's one of the first things. Fresh air and exercise is a powerful mood lifting combination. We talk about it a lot on this podcast, getting out in nature, moving your body. Um, they even say, hey, if you're vaccinated for COVID-19, take the opportunity to get outside and take off your mask. So if you're going for a walk outside, take your mask off. If you're not around other people, get moving because that regular exercise can help improve your health and your mood. So aerobic activity like walking and biking or even running, those release mood boosting hormones and that can reduce stress and confer a sense of well-being. Now also, when your muscles contract in a repetitive pattern, as they do when you are walking or swimming or even doing things like yoga, it does bump up that serotonin. That is that brain chemical in your body. And that is <clears throat> targeted by many antidepressants. That's sort of the goal of them. 
Now, higher levels of serotonin are basically associated with a better mood. And in fact, one study found that just 90 minutes a week of activity provided mood improvements similar to an antidepressant. So when combined with medication, exercise can help mood disorders that have been resistant to other treatments. Now, how much movement? You might say, well, how how much do I have to do this? Well, the research shows that ideally you should try for at least 30 minutes of moderate intensity exercise five days a week or a vigorous 20 minutes three times a week. But if you can't do that much, remember that some is always better than none. Even a quick 10 to 15 minute walk can elevate your mood at least in the short term. So don't always think, oh, if I can't do the full hour workout Kim wants me to do, then I just won't do anything. Uh, Shoot for the 30 minutes of moderate intensity five days a week and you're still going to get so many wonderful benefits. Now, the next thing they talk about is appreciating small daily pleasures. Now, I think we're all probably guilty of not doing this or certainly not doing it enough. So we might let little annoyances spoil our day completely, right? You can't find your keys. You stubbed your toes. Um, you know, you're, the supermarket person ringing up your food is super grouchy. And we kind of like, we, we focus on that. And all of a sudden, like our day is screwed up by these little things happening, right? But the reverse is true as well. Studies show that taking the time to appreciate the small pleasurable moments can actually make you feel happier. Focus on small daily events the same way you would big ones, like a wedding day, the birth of a child, or a relaxing vacation. I love how they say that. Like, you look at those big events with so much excitement, anticipation, and joy, and then you just, like, devalue almost the small daily events that happen every single day in your life. But if you could give these small daily events just as much excitement or overall, um, you know, pleasure and acceptance of it, you're going to have such a better day, right? Because it's those little moments that make up the majority of your life. So they say like savor time spent maybe in the garden. (laughs) That's for me. But I literally savor every moment in the garden. But if you're a gardener and you go out there every day, maybe it's just becoming monotonous to you. Maybe you need to step back and literally savor that time that you plant things and put your hands in the soil. Or maybe you take a moment to sit in a sunny window with a cup of tea without your phone, without scrolling. How about that? You just sit there and you know that feeling when the warmth of the sun hits your skin. And right now, because it's winter and it's getting cold out for most of us, that moment of warmth on your face, if you could just sit and appreciate how good that feels, like just talking about it and like trying to physically feel it as I sit here, I can already feel that positive feeling in my body. It's such a wonderful, like glowing feeling, right? So taking more time to appreciate those moments. How about laughing with your family members at dinner? I know that I really tried to do this the last few weeks when my son was home from college. We would sit at the dinner table because I do love sitting at a dinner table without distractions, especially when my son is home, so that we can talk so that we can look at each other in the eyes, not our phones, and that we can communicate. And one thing that I really tried to do was just 
savor those moments with him. So when he would laugh, I just like wanted to embrace it. I just wanted to bottle it. You know what I mean? Because that brings me so much joy. So laughing with family members at the table, like embrace it as a small daily pleasure, a gift. Or maybe you love to read. I know I get in bed at night and I can't wait to pick up my book. I have become an avid reader and it's only happened to me in the last couple years. I was never a big reader before, just so you know. But now I absolutely love it. I look forward to ordering my new books and hearing what books people like so that I can read another good book. And when I get in bed at night now, especially after reading this article, I try to just take a moment and sort of embrace what a great feeling it is to get in bed at the end of my day, relax, and be excited to read a good book. So celebrating in a way these tiny achievements, you could call them, but really just tiny moments in your day can set you up to enjoy all the small daily pleasures, and that will bring you so much more joy and happiness. Now, the next one they talk about from Harvard Health really caught my eye um, because I find this a very interesting topic. They talk about limiting your decisions. So a lot of people really love having endless options, or at least they think they do. But the truth is that having a lot of choices can generate a lot of worry for people. So happiness does depend partly upon having all these choices and making the right choices, right? And after all, it would be highly stressful not to have control over your life by having these different choices you can make. But research has found that people given more options have more opportunity for regret which I thought was really interesting. So you might wish that you'd chosen a different insurance carrier, a different outfit. You wish you didn't choose that cell phone plan, or maybe you shouldn't have picked that dessert. Maybe a different one would have been better. Um, This is why people who run meditation or spiritual retreats, if you've ever gone, they limit selections on what people can choose because not having to make all these numerous decisions at a spiritual retreat like that is so much more freeing for people. Like, I don't know about you, I've gone to some of these spas with my mom before and she'll send me this like entire packet of all the things we have to choose from. I mean, recently we were gonna go somewhere which got canceled because of COVID and it was the most beautiful, um, you know, magazine basically from the spa with all your spa choices and all your choices to do in the afternoon and all, and I was completely, overwhelmed. Like I completely was like, mom, you decide. I cannot, I don't even have the patience or the time to look through that. That is just way too many choices. So sometimes having too many choices can actually make us a little more overwhelmed, have more worry. And when we have that, we really aren't increasing our level of happiness, right? Now, one of the reasons that these, um, things happen is something called decision fatigue. And that could be like an entire podcast episode on its own, just so you know. But sometimes having too many choices creates this decision fatigue. And you have to realize that we make decisions all day long. And so decision fatigue, it talks about the fact that if you keep making these decisions all the time, By the end of the day, you're completely fatigued. And when you get so mentally fatigued, you start not caring about anything, right? So all of a sudden your food choices go out the window because you're just 
physically and emotionally exhausted from all the decisions you've made that day. Um, any decisions you have to make by the end of the day are usually not well-made decisions at that point because you have decision fatigue. So limiting as many decisions as you can in the day, even simple things that I'm gonna tell you about right now, just limiting the amount of decisions you have to make in a day can actually lead to more happiness. Now, I don't know if you know this, but Steve Jobs, you know, famous Steve Jobs from Apple, he famously wore the same outfit every day so that he never had to think about what to wear because that was one less decision he had to make. And he knew about decision fatigue, basically. And he knew that he had a lot of decisions to make, but he was gonna let that be one less. So he would literally wear the same thing every day. Tim Ferriss eats the same healthy meal. It is healthy at least, but he eats the same meal for breakfast every day so he doesn't have to think about what food to prepare because he has enough other decisions to think about during the day. President Barack Obama limits, I love this, he limits his low priority email responses to agree, disagree, or discuss. And that simplifies the mental burden of his small decisions when he replies to these emails. I love it. I can't imagine with all the emails to my clients if I just simply wrote back agree, disagree, or discuss. But I love that because that is a way to lessen how many decisions you have to make in a day. So if you feel like you are that person who is just like, ugh, so exhausted by the end of the day and you're making a million decisions and by the time the end of the day rolls around and your husband says, what do you wanna make for dinner? And you're throwing up your hands in the air like, I don't know, I don't care. It's probably because you just have complete decision fatigue. So see what you can do. You know, one thing that I do, like if I have a stressful day ahead the next day, I do actually plan what I wear the day before. So it's one less thing that I have to do. I don't wear the same thing every day, but like for example, when I teach ETB Live, which is our live streaming strength program, the night before I get the whole outfit set up and ready because it's one less thing I have to do that morning because I have a lot to set up for that class. So there are little things like that that you can do to pre-plan so that you can limit your decisions. Now, moving on to psychology today, they talk about 10 steps to happiness and emotional fulfillment. Again, many of these caught my eye because it just made me think that when I go through my day today, tomorrow, and the day after, these things are going to be more of a focus for me because now I've heard them. So even like those of you who are like, I don't know about this episode, is it really for me? I'm not kidding, tomorrow things are gonna start to happen to you and you're gonna start to think back to this podcast episode and say, oh yeah, so I think I'm supposed to embrace this moment, right? So one of the 10 steps to happiness and emotional fulfillment that they talk about is be with others who make you smile. Because studies show that we are happiest when we are around those who are also happy. Stick with those who are joyful and let them rub off on you. I know that for me, I have certain friends that just absolutely make me smile. And then there's other people who are real sort of Debbie Downers all the time. And I don't wanna be around that as much, right? So try to be with others who make you smile. The second one is to hold on to your values. That's super important, right? What you find true, what you know is fair, and what you believe in are all values. And over time, the more you honor those values, the better you're gonna feel about yourself and those you love too. 
So really holding on to your values, which is sometimes hard in the current state we live in, in the current world we live in, and, and we have our values, and this person has their values, and there's a lot of battles and conflict, and ugh, you know what I'm talking about, right? But hold on to your values, because at the end of the day, if they're important to you, and that's what you think is true, and you think is fair, don't let them go. Stand strong with your values. Number three, accept the good. You need to look at your life and take stock of what's working and don't push away something just because it isn't perfect. When good things happen, even very little things that are good, let them in and embrace, all right? Embrace those little things. So it might be as simple as you went into the taco store and usually they're always out of that breakfast burrito that you love and they actually had one left. Well, you know what? Put a huge smile on your face because accept the good that that happened to you today. It could be something as simple as that. Now, number four is imagine the best. This one's an interesting one. They say that you should not be afraid to look at what you really want and see yourself getting it. Because many people avoid this process because they don't want to be disappointed if things don't work out. And the truth is that imagining getting what you want is a big part of achieving it. And I'm gonna be super honest with you. I am super guilty of not imagining the best for myself because I am that person who sort of wants to protect myself from disappointment So I don't want to look ahead and say, oh, that could be me, say, on the cover of a magazine. Not that that's really no longer (laughs) of interest to me. But what I'm saying is, in the past, I wouldn't see myself getting these things or imagining the best that could happen because I, I wanted to protect myself from disappointment. So I sort of have lived the first half of my life in protection. But now I feel like I've already, even before reading this article, I try to imagine the best for myself. Like, well, what if, what if this does happen to me? I'm going to, what would that be like? Let's imagine, let's see it. You know, when my son was applying to college and, you know, he was afraid he wouldn't get in here and there. I was like, imagine that you do. What would that be like? You know, so imagining the best is actually going to benefit you. And as they say, Imagining it is sometimes a big part of achieving it. You sort of like make it happen. So don't be afraid to do that and stop trying to protect yourself from disappointment. If it doesn't work out, it's okay. But at least you imagined the best and you gave it your all. Number five, do things you love, right? So maybe you can't skydive every day if that's something that you love. I certainly would not do that. (laughs) Or maybe you can't take a vacation every weekend. But as long as you get to do the things you love every once in a while, you're going to feel greater happiness. So make sure that you're including things you love in your life. So everyone already knows I love to garden. That is a part of my daily life. Um, But there's also lots of things that I love and I don't make enough time for those things. And so when I go through this and I see this, it makes me remember that even I need to make sure that even if it's once a month or once a quarter, that I continue to make things happen for things that I love to do. Uh, Again, you maybe can't take that vacation every week. I get that. But are you making that vacation happen once a quarter? 
or even once a year? Do you want to plan a nice vacation for yourself once a year and you have something to look forward to? Just make sure that you're being proactive about doing things you love because things you love are not going to come knocking at your door. You have to go after and do the things you love. Number six, you've got to find purpose. This is definitely one we've talked about before in many different instances. Those who believe they are contributing to the well-being of humanity tend to feel better about their lives. And most people want to be part of something greater than they are simply because it's fulfilling. Now, I don't care what your purpose is, you have to find some kind of purpose. And, you know, there are some stages of your life where your purpose might be being a mother. I get that. And when you're like in it with those toddlers, you are 100% mother. You don't have time for any other purpose. Although if you could find some small purpose other than being a mom, I'm telling you, it would be a great sense of relief for you to have just a small outlet. But if you say are that person who the kids are well grown, like my son's in college now, he's not even home. You need to make sure that you have some kind of purpose. You need to get up every day and have some kind of purpose. Do you volunteer somewhere? One of my really good friends volunteers at the animal shelters like three days a week. And if they call her and they need her more, she goes. That is her purpose to help these animals. And she absolutely loves it because she is helping these poor animals who may not get to get out and go for a walk if she doesn't go and volunteer. So find what it is you love to do once again, and maybe you can find some purpose in that as well. Number seven, they say, listen to your heart. You are the only one who knows what fills you up. Your family and your friends may think you'd be great at something that really doesn't float your boat. It can be complicated following your bliss. Just be smart and keep your day job for the time being where they're not telling you in this article that you should just quit your job and listen to your heart and go, you know, travel for the next two years. (laughs) But it is important that you know what fills you up, you know what makes you happy, and just because your friends and family think that you would be great doing this, if this doesn't fill you up, Listen to your heart. Don't let others guide you in that way. Number eight, push yourself, not others. It's really easy to feel that someone else is responsible for your fulfillment. But the reality is that it is really up to you. So let's say that again. You are the one responsible for your fulfillment and you have the power to get where you want to go. So you gotta stop blaming others. You gotta stop blaming the world. You gotta stop blaming everybody but yourself in some ways because only you can push yourself to find the answers. So a lot of those answers are almost like questions from what we're talking about right now, right? So you might go back and listen to this podcast again and write some of these things down. Like, okay, what is my purpose? Like, do you know? Uh, What are things I love? Uh, What is something I could imagine, you know, the best of for myself? You might want to actually push yourself to do some of these things. Because again, even happiness isn't going to come knocking at your door. You have to make some effort here. Number nine, be open to change. Because even if it doesn't feel good, Because change doesn't feel good. Change is the one thing that you honestly can count on. Change will happen. 
So make contingency plans and emotionally shore yourself up for the experience. That's what they say in psychology today. Because change is going to happen all the time. That's part of life. That's part of your day. That's part of your body. That's part of everything. Constant change. So be a little more open to the change. Don't be so set in your ways. Because if you can relax and sometimes let change happen, you're going to let go of worry, you're going to let go of anxiety, and you're going to open up space for happiness. And then the last one they talk about, number 10, is bask in the simple pleasures. Those who you love, treasured memories, silly jokes, warm days, starry nights. These are the ties that bind and the gifts that keep on giving. Just the other day, my sister sent me a video of her laughing so hard. And my sister and I, we always say that we make each other laugh harder than any person could ever make us laugh. Like if you see my sister and I together for a period of time, at some point we go into a hysterical laugh. (laughs) I mean hysterical to the point where we both cannot breathe and we're both like teary-eyed crying and we can't stop. Well, she sends me this video the other day of her having one of those moments and she said something like, I look forward to laughing with you again. And it just about made me cry because That simple pleasure of laughing with my sister is so beautiful and makes me so happy, right? So when you have these simple pleasures, definitely hold on to them and bask in them and embrace them. And that is everything about how to be happy, how to find emotional fulfillment. And now that you've sort of listened to all this, can you see where, yes, like, Happiness, it's something that we all want. Like, isn't it like the ultimate goal for us, basically? Like you wish health and happiness for people. Like you just want people to be happy, right? But no one ever really talks about it. Maybe they should teach it in school. Like if we're supposed to be healthy and happy, did you teach these children how to be healthy and how to be happy? Because these are really important things and the realization that, yeah, it takes some effort to be happy. And yeah, there are things you can do. Like some people, it's not just luck that they have a good, happy life, right? Because maybe they look for it every single day and find the simple pleasures to bask in, right? So I think it's a fantastic topic. I know for me, just doing the research, I came up with so many things here that I know are gonna stick out in my day moving forward. And being someone who is a glass half empty person, and I'm always afraid to tell y'all that I am that person, but I always want to be really honest with you. I'm not a glass is half full kind of girl, but I want to be. And I feel like the best way to do that is by continuously doing that work on yourself and finding happiness. There couldn't be better work that you could do for yourself because at the end of the day, a happy person is a healthy person in many, many ways. And a healthy person is going to be a happy person in many ways. They really go hand in hand. 
So I hope you enjoyed the episode today. If you did, give it a share on social media. That's a great way to thank me. Also, make sure that you have rated the podcast. If you've never done that before, right on the iTunes app, even on your phone, you can leave a rating and review, and I so appreciate it. I love reading those ratings and reviews. Because the podcast, I do not do any advertisements. I do not make any money. This is my gift to uh, to all of you. I like to pay health forward, and this is my way to do it. A great way to thank me is with a rating or review or a simple social media share. Thank you so much team. And just remember that the Earn That Body podcast is always here to bring you health, fitness, and nutrition information you can put into play right away. For more information about Kim Eagle's online programs, go to earnthatbody.com or check out Earn That Body on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube.